0: following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, July 3rd, 2022, on the basis of Luke 8, verses 26 through 39. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. At first glance, it's easy to brush over this miracle. It's another healing miracle of Jesus Another person saved. Jesus and his disciples had sailed across the Sea of Galilee to a region called the Gerasenes. And there as they got off the boat they were met by a man on the beach who was possessed by legion, thousands of demons. Jesus drove out the demons, he healed the man. The demons went into a pig and went into a herd of pigs. The pigs died but the man lived and the man was transformed. He thanked Jesus. And we might picture this story in a variety of different ways today, right? A homeless man suddenly is restored to health. A person with a mental illness is suddenly sane again. A person who abuses and uses alcohol, just like that, becomes clean. But there are two sinister words in this story that set this story apart from the other miracles of Jesus. These two words might make you shudder. They might make you scoff. And those two words are these, demon possession. Possession is a word that we use all the time in the English language when we talk about objects and things, but not when it comes to people. To possess, to own someone is slavery. It sets off alarm bells to our American minds when it comes to human rights and freedom. But that is exactly what demon possession is. The powers of evil say straight to your face, I own you, you belong to me. Which brings us to the word that is maybe a little more strange, a little more sinister in this story and that is the word demon or demons. These demons had control of this man. They owned and possessed him but in our world today, we often take demons, we take the devil, and we banish them to fairy-tale land world, right next to the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. Right, Demons in our world today are harmless. They are a trendy and maybe edgy Halloween costume. They are logos for our sports teams and our high schools. They are that cartoon character who sits on your shoulder telling you to do naughty things. But the places where we've placed the devil and demons really just gives us a glimpse into what our world really thinks about evil. In our world, evil has been depersonalized. It's a word that we rarely use to describe anyone anymore. Right? Evil is saved for special people, special cases, mass murderers, rapists, bloodthirsty dictators. They are evil, but not your average Joe, not you and me. But the truth is, is that We haven't really gotten rid of evil we've just gotten better at hiding evil we don't talk about evil we use different words to describe evil and sometimes we even take things that are evil and rename them into something that we call good for instance when it comes to greed in our society it isn't the love or obsession of money no we call it entrepreneurial or when it comes to rebellion Rebellion is not the disrespect, the disregard for authority. Instead, it is something that you do to be edgy or cool. Or loose morals to sex and marriage. No, that's not evil. Instead, we call that freedom. And the list goes on and on and on. And it makes us think, doesn't it? Where else have we banished evil? If evil doesn't live inside of us, it also can't be found in the world around us. Think about tornadoes, floods, natural disasters. We don't call those things evil. No, those things are merely acts of nature. Or what about cancer or illnesses or diseases that ravage the body or take away your loved ones? We don't call those evil either. Instead, they are part of the circle of life, part of health and biology for our species. And that's why evil doesn't really matter to this world, right? We have hidden evil away. Evil is not something out there to hurt you, not out there to harm you, and it certainly doesn't live within you. But no matter how much we try to hide evil or ignore it or even rename it, that doesn't change the fact that evil is real. And more than that, evil is here and it desires to possess and own you. That's what we see in our story for today, right? A man who is possessed and owned by evil. The gospel writers tell us about what happened to this man, what the demons did to this man. Maybe the man had friends and family at home that wanted to help him. Instead, the demons drove him out in the countryside to live in the tombs. They stripped the man of his dignity, right? He was naked. He lived among death and rot and decay. The demons took away his health. He would violently beat or attack anyone who came near him. The demons made him break chains and shackles. You can picture the cuts on his skin, the blood and the scabs across his body, the dirt and the blood under his broken fingernails. The demons left this man in agony. Day and night he would scream and wail and cry out from the tombs. And finally we see where these demons wanted to take This man, right? Jesus drove out the demons. The demons went into the pigs. And what did the demons do to the pigs? They drove them off a cliff and drowned them. They killed them. And that's what evil wanted to do with this man. They wanted to destroy him and that is where evil ultimately leads destruction. The man or woman possessed by a spirit of greed does whatever they can to get what they want, to get more money, to climb the corporate ladder. They step over people, they step on people, they use people to get what they want. And then finally, one day, they wake up and find that they are all alone. They look back at the wake of destruction they have left behind them, and they begin to despair. Or what about the man or woman who is possessed by a spirit of sexual freedom? They live the way that they want, they use their body however they want, At first it's exhilarating, at first it's exciting, but soon, no matter how much they abuse themselves, no matter how much they use others, nothing truly satisfies. And as they look at the path that they've walked, they see broken promises, a broken marriage, a broken home, and they feel a sense of dirtiness that cannot be washed away. And the list goes on and on, people possessed by the spirit of drug and alcohol abuse people possessed by selfishness and pride people possessed by rebellion and what about our children what about our teenagers what spirits in this world want to own and possess them what do the spirits of this age say to our children your worth is determined only by what other people think of you act this way do this to be cool, to make friends. Dress this way to be attractive. Dress this way if you want attention. Disregard authority. Do what you want, do what makes you happy. Drugs, alcohol, and sex are not for tomorrow, they're for today. And where will these paths lead if our children walk these paths? What will happen to our children if they listen and are owned by these voices? Recognize that evil is a path that leads to destruction. Recognize that more than just wanting your children, evil wants everything. Evil wants you. There are thousands of spirits in this world that want to possess you. They want a piece of your heart, of your mind, of your home. Because the more that evil owns and possesses you, the more it has a grip on your heart, the more that you will want nothing to do with Jesus. If you find that spending time with Jesus isn't all that important or that you aren't all that interested in it, if you find yourself dragging your feet to prayer, to God's word, to his church, if one hour every Sunday is the only time that Jesus is on your mind or on your lips, then is that a sign that maybe evil has more of a grip on your life than we even realize? Because that is the ultimate goal of evil to separate you from the one who loves you, the one who can save you. And that's what the demons did to this man. When Jesus came to this man, the demons tried to drag him away. Right? The man fell at Jesus' feet and he said, What do you want with me, Jesus? But Jesus was determined. He had traveled across the sea into enemy territory, into Gentile territory. He was determined to break into this man's life to save him he drove out the demons. The powers of evil, the armies of evil, a legion of demons could not stand before Jesus. Jesus cast out the demons. He transformed the man and when the townspeople came out, they were amazed. They saw a man who was transformed, who was clean, who was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him. And behind this man's story is your story, the story of how Jesus saved and rescued you Yes, he brought himself into this world at Christmas. Yes, he died on the cross. Yes, he carried our sorrows and our brokenness and our evils to the cross. But even more than that, Jesus brought himself to you. He broke through time and space and moved the pieces of this world to bring himself to you. When did you first hear Jesus' voice? When did he first come to you? Was it in the waters of baptism as water was poured over your head and you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Was it in the voice of your mother as she sang Jesus loves me to you? Was it in the voice of your father as he read you a story from the Bible? Was it in the voice of a loved one or a friend who dragged you to church? Jesus uses these people to break into our lives, to claim you as his own, to make you his special possession. And more than that, Jesus doesn't just claim you. He transforms you. Yes, Jesus died on the cross for you. Yes, Jesus gives you the hope of life beyond this life. Yes, Jesus gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. But even more than that, Jesus gives you a purpose in this life. He makes you his instrument and his tool, just like he did with this man, right? When The people saw what had happened to this man they begged jesus to leave they were terrified they were afraid of what would happen next and jesus agreed to their request as he and the disciples were getting into the boat this man who had been transformed begged jesus to take him with him he wanted to be with jesus but instead of taking him along jesus sent him back and maybe that sounds strange at first because this man was ready to give up everything to follow jesus He could have been a great disciple. Imagine his testimony and his witness to others, his amazing story he could tell. And on top of all of that, these people, his friends, his family, they didn't want anything to do with Jesus, so why should he stay? But that's exactly why Jesus sent this man back to his family, back to his friends, back to his people, because they were lost in darkness. They were owned by evil. And Jesus would work through this man to reclaim the lost. And that is what Jesus calls us to do, too. We don't need to travel across the world. We don't need to go across the ocean. We don't need to leave our families and our friends behind. No, God has called us right here and right now to the people around us, to our loved ones, to our friends, to our neighbors, to the people in our lives. When we tell them about Jesus and what he has done for us, Jesus breaks into their lives. He moves time and space to claim others as his own, just as he did for you. And that might be a daunting task because it's no secret that our world wants nothing to do with religion, wants nothing to do with Christianity, wants nothing to do with Jesus. But that's the comfort that God has given us over these last few weeks as we've studied in this series, right? Jesus takes his power and he tethers it to a place. He tethers it to his word. Wherever his word is, there is his voice. And there is his power. His voice will save. And this is the voice that we proclaim through, through our voices. Jesus reaches out to this world with his voice. A voice that frees the captives. That releases those imprisoned by evil. That tears people from the clutches of demons. From the clutches of evil the one voice that breaks through all other voices, that silences the thousand voices of this evil age. That is the voice that you and I are defined by. That is the voice that transforms you and me, and that is the voice that will transform this world. The one voice that is louder than all the others, the one voice that can silence the legion of voices in this world, the legion of spirits that assault us the voice of Jesus that sets you and I free. Amen.